Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Alan Cumming, and welcome to my shelves. My shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here's a roll of toilet paper with President George Bush II one's face on every... um, piece of paper it says on the side wipe your rush with a bush i don't understand what that means anyway oh wipe your tush with a bush oh it's american i forgot here is me on the cover as nightcrawler of a marvel comic it's actually me not a drawing what an honor and today my guest is my dear old friend forbes masson the curtains closed and then the curtains opened and I was lying on the floor and you were standing there with a pair of scissors. <laughs> Forbes Masson is an amazing actor and writer. He's an associate artist of the Royal Shakespeare Company and most recently he's appeared on the London stage in plays by authors such as Shakespeare, Tennessee Williams and Tom Stoppard. He's also appeared in the musicals Little Shop of Horrors and most recently The Boy in the Dress by David Williams, Mark Ravenhill and Robbie Williams. But I know Forbes best as my college classmate. Yes, we were drama students together in Glasgow at the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama from 1982 to 1985. In the mid-90s, we wrote and starred in a sitcom for BBC Two called The High Life about a crappy Scottish airline, Air Scotia. And we played two flight attendants, uh, Steve McCracken and Sebastian Flight. But we first collaborated when we were still at drama school. We made up two characters, Victor and Barry, for a college cabaret. And little did we know that they would very soon become national Scottish treasures. Things I've got for us. There's so many things on my shelves that we could talk about, but I've got I've brought two with us with me mm-hmm. uh, down. And this first one is a sort of a a piece of cardboard, sort of about an eight by ten sort of thing, and it's uh, it's got the Scottish television logo at the top, and it was like that funny sort of digital thistle. Uh-huh. And it's so old, the paper's gone funny, and then the colours have gone all weird. It's I think like my it was hair. actually the thing that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, think, I think it was like you know sometimes when they used to put a card on like a music stand and film it that was this that was the length of oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 i think that's what i think i swiped the thing from the studio it says a guide to mayfest with victor and barry on scottish television monday wednesday and friday from may the 4th to may the 22nd which i think must be 1987 and and that was a sh- that was really our first foray into television as Victor and Barry, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was, it was crazy that I remember doing it. I don't know how it came about. I think because it's someone was it Bob? What was his Bob name? Clyde. Bob Clyde. Bob Clyde, or someone like TV. that who'd seen us He'd, doing a gig. He saw us at McNally's Theatre Club in Edinburgh in 1985. Well, I can't believe this is all coming back to me. Oh, he no, came, yeah. I remember he came to see us then, and we, you know, we're like, oh, someone from Scottish Television's here, That's and uh, he came backstage. Didn't hear anything from him for a while. And then very quickly, uh, um, we were hosting this uh, sort of, it was only like about a 10 minute, five minute or 10 minute show, but sort of the highlights of Mayfest. But they got us this big old fashioned uh, car and really, really long dressing gowns. Oh, the horrible, I remember those dressing gowns. They were so thick and horrible. They were were not, they weren't really suitable for (laughs) what. No, they went, it was sort of from the. They were smelly, they were sort of moth, moth baldy. (laughs) If that's a word, and I remember that we, I remember that we went. All these amazing artists were there from the for the festival, and we went and just asked them embarrassing questions. And be, there'd be sort of like African dancers and doing something. We were standing there as Victor and Barry, and I remember one time I had to go away. I was on tour with a play, and so I missed a couple. And and you that's and right. you interviewed I, I, on your own, George. Um, George, that amazing. Yeah, man. I was just what's, thinking what's that. Again? Oh my God, George, George the he artist. Did the, he did the. The, he did the the oh, George Wiley. George yeah, Wiley. You the paper boat. George Wiley. That's right. Paper boat, and it, uh, he did the paper boat, and also he did uh, a crane that was made of um, straw. He, he dangled a thing of straw. I uh, stuffed a, a it full thing, of straw. An engine stuffed, and you said, to, I said something George, about, I, I, what? <laughs> what gave you the idea to stuff an engine full of straw? <laughs> I said, I said something like, I I once stuffed a tractor full of raffia. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said something like that. Oh man, but it was just. That I mean, was what I, was so great about it. We got away so with random. absolute murder. Do you remember when we went on TV? It was the launch of this Glasgow studio of TVAM. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yes, with Lorraine. With Lorraine, Lorraine Kelly. Kelly, she was the she. But that she, had, was the she was in a cupboard. She was in a little yes. cupboard in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> Did it not go down well? I can't remember. A black diamond. No, because memory. we we um it was Anne Diamond and somebody else, Nick, were the hosts of this uh, morning television oh. show, which was like the hugest thing at the time. It was like the tele- breakfast television had just started. We um had we were supposed to do two spots, and in the first one we're chatting away. You know, we're sort of there as the wacky Glasgow funny people who are there to help launch the thing, and um you said to Anne Diamond, uh, "I'm so glad your skin complaints healed up," <laughs> and. Um, she moved on as people do and then in between they they said to us okay thanks very much boys you can go now oh aren't we doing another one we weren't allowed back on because Anne Diamond actually had had a skin (laughs) complaint that just cleared up psychic Been up the 
with relatives to send on you and there's no paper in the loo if your carpet slippers put you to shame if you go to sleep on nylon sheets and wake still feeling incomplete don't worry we can ease the pain we'll take we'll take use we'll take use to max and spencers spencers and max shopping and i was thinking about it i mean to get all nostalgic, I can remember the very first day of drama school being at Athol Gardens and waiting to go into the classroom and looking mm. down the corridor and seeing this boy with dark hair and amazing eyes and sort of looking at this boy and going, there's something really extraordinary about him. I'm really drawn to him for some reason. He's just, there's something special about him. And, and you know, Aww. that was you. And then we got, you know, we got into the class and stuff and then... We started as a, I mean, it was that thing about the, there was a cabaret at drama school and we, we'd put our names down yes. to do the cabaret at the end of the first year, term, first term. And someone had suggested, why don't you do something with Alan? And I went, oh yeah, we could. And we sort of went into our rehearsal room and came up with these, well, you'd already had a character called Victor McIlvaney, I seem to remember. You did a stand-up. I did, I did. No, because of your landlady? Miss Child, that was her That's name. That's right, yeah. And she had, um, remember that she had, she had a funny hip, so she had a huge, big sort of lifted seat thing on the top of the loo. So when you yes. <laughs> when you sat on the loo, you, my legs couldn't reach the butt. I was like a child yeah. dangling. The one thing I used to cook all the time was risotto. I would like fry rice and put onions and peppers and things in. And she hated the idea that I was frying onions in her kitchen. <laughs> so she used to like, literally come through with, a, with a, 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 an air freshener. Just walk through with it with her finger on it, spraying right over me when I was when I was cooking. Oh, that's mad! In, in, so I had like you know glade flavored uh, risotto. Nice. In my, in my was, student days, was that the flat you were in? I seem to remember going to see. Uh, we went to the Grosvenor Cinema to see uh, Rocky Horror. Do you remember the night mm -hmm. we went and we 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 went we got dressed up? Was that the flat? Was that that? And flat? I got trapped. I got trapped. You got trapped. Yes. What happened was. So we went to the Rocky Horror Show. I was dressed as like a vampire or something, you know, something like that. And yeah. we all had drinks and we were, you know, it was a late night show, blah, blah, blah. And then I went home. And so I was like, let's see, I'll see you tomorrow and the next day. Then I, what happened was the lock, unbeknownst to me, when I shut the door of my room in, in these digs, the lock <laughs> broke and, and, and rammed shut, locked shut. And so I was trapped and I couldn't get out. And of course, it was before the days of mobile phones. And so I didn't go to drama school that day. And it wasn't until the end of drama school when people came around to see if I was okay. And I was, and I remember I was just trapped in my room all day. And I remember it was the Liberal Party conference was on the telly. And that's why I was just watching <laughs> the Liberal Party all entirely. Yes, I got trapped it's in like that a room. A form of hell. It was. And uh, I remember Miss Child didn't want to, the police were going to come and knock the door down and she didn't want them to do that because she wanted to not, not spoil the lock. The paintwork. So I was like, well, what are we going to do here? You know, you don't want to get your lock bashed in. I don't want to die and become shriveled in, a, in a Glasgow bed sit. <laughs> or, or converted to a liberal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is probably more likely. So we did Victor and Barry at the Academy yeah, and it was like a, it, I remember we started doing it, and it, we would we would like we got into the characters, and we were like that all the time. And then we did a few gigs at the college. We did the Tron, didn't we? The Tron Theatre or something. I like think that. we did Hallaby's Cafe Cabaret. First. That's Hallaby's, of course, uh, in the west end of Glasgow, just off Bars Road. Right. And I remember, and I remember, I still actually have there's a there's a menu. So it's like they wrote it the men, well. the specials, and it's got like Victor and Barry on it. And I think that was, and we had to get changed in the kitchen. That's right. And a little I, velvet curtains and a little piano on the stage. 
Yes. And I think that was our first actual sort of perfect, you know, gig when we got money. Yeah. After that, it was, we did the Tron Gong show. It was a thing in the bar of the Tron Theatre in Glasgow. And it was, it's brutal because basically, oh, yeah. you know, you, you, if, if the audience starts not like you, uh, you get like literally gone off. But then I think because there was two of us, they were a bit more intimidated. We battled and on. I think and, by that point, we our, our act was a bit tight. It was quite tight, so there was no room to get in. We yes, just sort right. of carry, just carry <laughs> on with the song. Bad. Keep singing! Keep singing! <laughs> and then we won that. And then so then it was the battle of the, the gong of gongs. And that mm-hmm. was in the actual theatre, not in the bar. And do you remember it was uh, Robbie, Robbie Coltrane, Coltrane was, right. the, was the celebrity judge. And we won that too. I can't remember what we got. I mean, then TV started. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just snowballed. Mm-hmm. And because then the other thing I've got here, which is from 1988, which is a big year, I've got a cassette copy of Here, Victor and Barry and Faint, which was the album that we did. I remember when that came out, we'd done Victor and Barry in London for the first time. And then we went back to, to Glasgow and we had a press conference at Miss Cranston's tea room on Sophie right, Hall Street. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and there was a big pile of cassettes, that was, of course, which she pushed over. And I remember it was on the news. It was on the BBC News. It was on the Scottish Television News. And that really, for me, that was that was the beginning of the end for me. I felt like we shouldn't be on the news. I felt <laughs> there was something in my, deep in my soul. I thought, that's not right. I felt like, you know, because we, we were just a couple of daft boys. And we wrote most of our material when, you know, late at night when we were drunk or high. And all of a sudden we were on the, we were newsworthy do you know what i mean it was just it i know, was a, that, I know. it was a big a big moment it was a weird thing though wasn't it though alan because it was always something that we did as a sort of professional hobby we yes. did it and it was really it was useful to both of us in terms of getting getting us confidence and 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 experience and mm. you know getting known by other people because totally. i really we wanted to be what we are now which is actors in our own yeah. right and that's yeah. and and it was such a joy to do it and also i think you're right i think there was a t- point when it became it was like the pressure of it like yeah. anything to 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 keep topping it or be funny or and i remember when we did was it the theater royal we did a massive show at the theater yes. royal the theater royal was a huge thing because that was like we were opening so we went from being the hosts of this little five ten minute show uh, what's on to 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 Mayfest this festival to the following year opening the festival in the fucking opera house of, of mm-hmm. Glasgow mm-hmm. and selling it out and being I remember it was, it was a monumental night to, to be honest I don't think I've ever felt a, a reaction like the reaction I got you came on stage and I wasn't there and then you looked around and then I came up through a little trap on my piano <laughs> stool with a cup of tea, That's put right. it down and started playing. And the, 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 the laugh. And then I think at the end of the show, I flew off. You flew, that's right. You went and then the curtains, the curtains closed and then the curtains opened and I was lying on the floor <laughs> and you were standing there with a pair of scissors. Am I right in thinking that? We also played the Kings as well. Yes. I think there was one night we played the Kings and uh, there was a, a thing that we always used to do because 
you know, we, it was quite a, it was a well-rehearsed show. <laughs> the ad-libs <laughs> were always well-rehearsed, I seem to remember. Yeah. And yeah, there was something I used to, I mean, I'd yeah. go, oh, that kills me every time, was a, was a line that I used to say. Uh-huh. But apparently, I remember coming off stage and someone said to me, did you not hear the hush in the audience? I went, what? He said, you said that fucking kills me every time. <laughs> and I hadn't known and said it. <laughs> oh, that fucking kills me every time. <laughs> hush. <laughs> I didn't expect Victor and Barry to swear words. Well, that was the thing about them. That they were, it was just, this is like the late eighties, yeah, mid to late eighties, and it was a time when it when it when comedy, stand up comedy, was for people ranting and swearing and yeah. very sort of you know political rants. It was like sort of ranty Ben Eltony, all those kind of people, and we were just completely an anomaly to that. We were just completely yeah. the antithesis of that because we both grew up with wildcat and got a lot of political stuff yeah they were political with a small p i mean there's that video that brilliant video that ashtar alkazan made of uh, yes kelvin side men Men song where we're burning our bull tax we're so theatrical so people wouldn't move away if they had to pay the kind of bull tax we don't pay but utopia is on our doorstep kelvin side is in I feel like I learned so much from doing that with you. I, and I learned especially that, I mean, we, we grew up in a time where, in a way, Victor and Barry were unfashionable in that they weren't, they were political with a small people, but they were very political. We talked about politics in ways that uh, were actually, you know, sounds hilarious, I'm going to say this, but quite sophisticated. Uh, yeah. Um, and and like we, but it was almost like if you didn't shout th- your politics at that time, it didn't sort of. I, I guess it was yeah. a time when everyone was shouting, so you know, if you don't shout, you can't be heard. But I think that's what we kind of came under the radar with that. That old fashioned thing stemming from old Scottish variety as well. I think yes. that was what it kind of we drew on. I mean, certainly the sort of Francie and Josie, even with the colours of the costumes and yes. my hairstyle, my kind of kiss curl was definitely. It was, you know, a homage to either which one. I don't know which one it was. But there was that sort of warmth to it. But the other thing that I always think of with Victor and Barry is that doing stand-up comedy, talking to the audience, talking to each other, but basically just being out and engaging with the audience, breaking, there's no fourth wall. That really helped me in terms of doing Shakespeare, like doing soliloquies. Because those, I always think of soliloquies as basically stand-up comedy routines, that you're engaging all of the audience and talking to them. Also, I think it was a particularly Scottish style at the time. I don't know if it's still the same or not, but there was a sort of, there was a lot of stuff, certainly what I saw from school, stuff at the sets, Wildcat particularly, there was a lot of uh, sort of performers being Brechtian in a way and sort of mm. talking to the audience and being, you know, there, it was it, that, that was happening a lot and certainly we that was yes. very much part of Victor Barry obviously talking to the audience and, and creating this world and, and the characters living in that world. But yeah, of course, because the, the, it's about rhythm, it's about connecting to an audience, it's about yes. being able to look them in the eye and go, you're there and I'm yeah, talking to you. and I'm not you. afraid of you. I'm, I'm not, not I'm afraid of you. I remember uh, Ramsey, my boy, He's 11 now, but he was doing a show a couple of years ago and he came up to me one day and he went, Dada, Dada, what is the fourth wall? <laughs> and I said, oh, it's, oh. Something that, it's something that Daddy pays very scant heed to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tom Fordyce. I never would have met you if it hadn't been for we didn't start the fire. Katie Puckley, I thought I didn't want to learn anymore. I was wrong. And you know why we're learning so much? Oh, man, that's a tough one. This is a really interesting story. In 1949, 1950, the communist troops came to my province. Because this is the best history podcast you've ever listened to in your entire life. What? What? They shot him live in front of the whole village. My mouth is just hanging open. I can't believe this. And yes, it's sort of based on Billy Joel's song, but it's a history podcast. Tells us all the reasons why the world today is as it is, but it's more. I killed a cactus (laughs) recently. My connection to Marilyn. Walter Winchell. Don't you love Brando? If there was a movie, it was just Brando's face. I'd put it on in the background all day. I'd be perfectly happy. Search for We Didn't Start the Fire. We'll wait for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The other thing about Victor and Barry was, you know, uh, for all that was a silly little comedy act, there was a lot of complex structure to it. You know, we totally. were there was I, you, I think you said it, or maybe somebody wrote in a review smut with witty lines. I mean, there was a lot. There was there was <laughs> we were cheeky, we were naughty, we could get away with it because we were smiling and being silly. Yes, and, uh, and we were young and and you know we were new. <sighs> I think that's why you know people still come up to me and talk about it. People still say, oh, totally. you should do Victor Maggie. I mean, part of me goes, it terrifies me. I'm curious about which part. Did, did I just going think back because to something of, that was a success before or just yeah, doing but, that Yeah, kind of I think again. going back to something. But also, I remember seeing Ricky Fulton and Jack Mulroy do Francie and Josie when they were, <laughs> not that we are, but when they were sort of nearing the end. <laughs> and I always remember going, this well, is great, but oh God, there's something completely tragic about this. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe, the, maybe that's the thing about something like that, well, that is that, that the start of something needs to come. Ironically, we were always pretending to be older. And every show was a retirement show. Every show we yes. were doing to, in order to sell tickets. Well, this is the last time you'll ever see it. Victor, <laughs> and Barry, Victor and Barry say goodbye. We're like Cher. We just never we kept coming that's back. That's the other thing about it. That's the other thing about acting. It's listening, isn't it? Absolutely. And uh, you and I listen to each other. And when one of us went off on a roll, we allowed the other person to do that. And yeah, I always remember it being—it was like sort of free falling. Yeah. On stage, but there was always another person there to catch you. you. I always felt confident that we would get out of, and even we made a virtue of our mistakes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and correcting each other. Yeah. You know that Victor and Barry were always kind of slightly snippy with each other about going off 
book or you know yeah. getting the chords wrong but that was also we made a virtue of that because we did well I certainly did get the chords wrong oh me time. too I mean that's the other thing I learned I think I learned how to play the piano just by doing Victor and Barry because to begin with I used to have the chords on a bit of paper all the time and it was like oh and there was times I'd get terrified there was yes. times I did Victor man I was absolutely shitting it and other times it was the best thing ever yes you know I know um, isn't it funny That was the thing that we actually loved in terms of Victor and Barry those sort of cliched 70s songs that we were it was at that point in the 80s when these songs were just ridiculous and we were laughing and then you know it wasn't too far on in history when suddenly easy listening was a massive hit and it was suddenly the thing and you know some of the stuff that I wrote after that was all around kind of easy listening and the stuff that Victor and Barry would have absolutely adored and we sort of slightly not sneered at but we're sort of going this is silly and silly songs but it's like that funny thing of like you can parody it and also pay homage to it at the same time like you know it's like I have this thing where I over the last years I've realised that so many people especially when I've been DJing and doing club coming and you know having parties and stuff like that when you put on like a, what, especially in America, this happens. You put on a sort of a tacky old song that everybody knows and loves, and you can see people looking around, slightly scared to admit that they're they like loving it. it. And yes. even like, and it's like you know the Little Mermaid song, the part of your world. Everybody knows the words to that. And in my last concert show, actually, I, I sang it on purpose to sort of say, "Come on, everybody, why are you allowing yeah. you know, some sort of outside judgment to uh, have a good time, enjoy yeah. the tacky song?" I wish though. That we had all our material. That's the thing that it's so mm-hmm. sort of, you know, that's that, that ephemeral thing that, you know, now everything's on YouTube, everything's on Spotify or, or, you know, whatever. If it was now, we would have access to all that stuff. But there's some songs that I just suddenly something will come into my mind. I'm on a plane or something. I think, oh, my God. And I, I start to remember a wee bit of it. I remember actually when you were here uh, in this house with your kids yeah. and Melanie and the kids are very wee. That must be a good while ago. I remember I had the, I had an EP, a vinyl EP, yeah. that was a promotional copy of a thing that they gave to radio stations when this album came out, Here, Victor and Barry and Faint came yeah. out. And I remember I put it on the record player in this room. I'm looking at the record yeah. player right now. I said, this is this is mm. me and your dad. And I could see them looking because it was like a kind of, mm. you know, clunky old record. And I could f- see them thinking, but this seems like, you know, the Middle Ages mm. that this thing was recorded on. And we played it. And I remember, like, I hadn't played that record for ages but there's a song called why isn't things the way they used to be and the <laughs> i i just the lyric because it was always a nostalgia about victor and barry it was always a, you know it's always that things were better in the past for them they're always mm. you know it was always sort of slightly old blah blah in their amateur musical society had left them and gone on mm. to better you know everything was mm-hmm. slightly um out of their reach and, mm-hmm. and things were better before and this mm-hmm. that particular song is almost like the epitome of them mm-hmm. and I remember there's a reference to Leyland Cars that's and right Aztec. Yeah. Leyland Aztec, Cars and Aztec, Aztec bars. bars that's right what became of Aztec Bars where are you Leyland Cars bring back the good old days bring back the good old days bring back the good old days when we were real 
I always say I think that you know the two favourite pastimes in Scotland are over sentimentality and drinking, mm-hmm. and so you know Hogmanay is just the mm. perfect storm for that. And yeah, ab- absolutely. There was an inferiority complex we yeah. had, I think, as an, as a nation, and that has really changed. And I wonder. It's interesting now. I, I wonder probably if we went into a room at drama school now, we wouldn't make up characters like that because the the sentiment of the time is so different. Yeah, that's what I, I think. You're right. I think there's also uh, you know I can remember at drama school. We had that fight about being able to do characters in our own voices. That it oh, was all about yes. let, losing your. You know, you've got to, you can't be an actor if you don't lose your voice. Know, and you know, I these know. characters were born out, albeit not our own voice. You know, the the, the ridiculous yeah. voice again. Of I think there was something in that as well. It was about those Scots who don't want to be Scottish. Victor and Barry yes. were Scottish, but were slightly ashamed of it, and that's yes. why they had that straight. And you can see them. You can see the Goves. You can see them in in, in, totally. in you Michael know Persai. these people in yeah. in England and in Scotland who who do not. They're 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 what's it self shaming? Is that the word? Totally, yeah. And uh, uh, you know, and there's that, and yeah. I mean, Scotland now is such a different place, an exciting, vibrant, strong, confident place. And I can, I was in Scotland at the time that the 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 Parliament opened, and there was a real shift. Mm. Scotland is a different place, and the youth of Scotland are so much more politically aware. I mean, we were politically aware in our time, and and Scotland's always been left leaning. But now there's a much bigger confidence and you know you just need to see the way that Westminster's handling everything at the moment and it's been an utter utter disaster and no one's resigning not it's a complete and now they're you know when they get I don't know if you've seen this in the states but now when they they do their little uh, chats to camera when they're being interviewed on television all the MPs sit they used to have books of library books behind them now they have just a wall and a union jack it is terrifying really it's terrifying wow but anyway, God, how fascist. We've, we've, we've steered away from Yeah, we've there. gone off. But that's like Victor Barry. Well, they, well, they'd have a song <laughs> about it, it, wouldn't they? We don't. Back, <laughs> back to the plot. Back to the script, Victor. Fascism isn't Hello. fun. Fascism <laughs> isn't fluffy. Life is different now, things have changed. We hardly ever shop in restaurants. Something's happened to us, if only you knew. We think you'd be impressed. Oh, you see, we're not media personality. We're high profile, low threshold. We work lined up in the year next day. But still, this is what we say. We say that, oh, life. We played the London Palladium, remember? That's, that's where we killed them off. And we killed them off. They had, they both had, um, I don't know what it was they had, but it's, they, well, they this collapsed is the thing on I the piano. To ask you, it was Sam and Ella. It was about our friends Sam <laughs> and Ella were calling or something, leaving a message on the on the answer machine. We did this Sam. as part of the all these sound cues, and it was Sam. And then, of course, it wasn't Sam and Ella. It was Salmonella. Somebody had was telling us that something <laughs> so clever. <laughs> I know wordplay. <laughs> 
puns. It's great. And so then we died and we had these sort of theatrical hampers on wicker hampers on the stage. And we both, I fell in one. And did you, what did you fall off? I the just piano collapsed. Stool? I think I sort of played, yeah, I landed my head on the pianos, the keys of the piano. Or something. And then that's how we actually killed them. <laughs> Which is so perfect that they died in a theatrical manner. You are lonely or suffering from a bereavement. We know the place you really ought to be. Thank you, Forbes, for an absolute pleasure. going down memory lane with me. And I hope you'll come on again. And we've got yeah, many we more things to talk to about talk over the about. years. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. All right, my darling. Thanks, darling. I love you. Love you too. You take care. Bye. It couldn't be better. It sticks out a mile. Although it takes to rain, a lot of people always smile. Well, now I'm putting back on Alan Cumming's shelves my Victor and Barry album, the cassette copy of Here, Victor and Barry and Faint, and also that funny card that advertised Victor and Barry's Guide to Mayfest. It's been so lovely talking to Forbes and taking a huge trip down memory lane. It reminds me how much fun we had together over the years. It reminds me how much I love him, and also how much I love that city that inspired Victor and Barry. Glasgow. Oh, Glasgow. Glasgow. It's a cultured city and we don't mean penicillin. Oh, no, oh, no. The people have names like Sega, Shug and Lloyd. Sega, Shug and Lloyd. Alan Cumming Shelves is hosted by me, duh, Alan Cumming. And my predator... That's not anything weird or wrong or scary. It's just someone who is a mixture of a producer and an editor. You see, Predator. His name is Jack Claremont, and he's an absolute darling. And we are part of the Crowd Network. Now, another Crowd podcast to check out is... Unaccountable. It's a podcast fighting for police accountability in the United States. It's a podcast that tells the stories of innocent people who've been killed by the police, just like George Floyd, but also people like Mohammed Muhaimin, Shacey House and Carrie Illidge. And so many more you haven't heard about, but you really should have. The stories can be difficult to listen to, but this could be the most important podcast you'll ever hear. It's a podcast fighting for change, and we need to join that fight. Just search for Unaccountable in your podcast app now.